Hi everyone, this is Sydney Menson from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Ashley Walker from the University of Oregon. She recently joined us for the second webinar in the Cardiovascular Connection Series, a joint webinar series brought to you by Inside Scientific and the American Physiological Society. Her presentation discusses the evidence for the vascular contributions to Alzheimer's disease with a specific focus on large artery stiffness. Let's jump in. First question up, when you refer to old and young, what exactly is the age that you're referring to? Yeah, good question. Apologies that I I left that out of the presentation. Obviously, a very important point. So when I talk about an old C57 black six mouse, that is older than 24 months of age. Usually we're studying them on average around 27 to 28 months. And our young mice are always older than four months of age, usually on average four to six months of age. Perfect. Thanks for clarifying. Our next question, does this experimental context remove these vessels' autoregulatory myogenic responses? Yeah, great question. The vessels can still develop myogenic tone in the ex vivo studies, and I believe this is specifically referring to the pulse pressure studies. Importantly, there's actually been somebody who studied the age-related responses to pulse pressure and the myogenic response. So there's an article for software Springo by the Ungavari group that showed that in response to high pulse pressure ex vivo, cerebral arteries actually develop less myogenic tone. And so that would be a bad thing, right? Because then there would be more increases of that pulse pressure, high pulse pressure delivery further into the brain. We didn't specifically look at pulse pressure. I mean, sorry, we didn't specifically look at myogenic tone in our studies, though. Great. Okay, this is more of like an experimental design question. How do you assess pulse wave velocity in mice? Yes, so we do it very similar to how you can do it in a human. So in human, you humans, you either use Doppler flow probes or you can use tonometry. In the mice, we just use Doppler. The big difference would be that we actually do it at the aortic arch and then the abdominal aorta in the mouse. The mouse has to be anesthetized as well. So that's drawback to this protocol. Yeah, that's a good point. And then um, you have to measure the distance between the probes, right? Yes, yes. Perfect. Okay. What is the sex of the mice you used in your studies? And what is the role of sex in vascular aging? Yes, good question. I think this came up before the very end where I I mentioned sex. But unfortunately, some of these studies, especially the last and heterozygote mouse study was done only in male mice. So we need to go back and repeat those studies in females. The Cross mouse, though, when we crossed the elastin transgenic mouse with the Alzheimer's disease mice, we're now using both males and females. We don't have the numbers yet to look at those sex differences. But as I alluded to at the end of the talk, I think that the sex differences are really important. And I think there might be something to this in you know, more rapid stiffening of those large arteries with age in females that might be contributing to that you know, higher risk for Alzheimer's disease. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we need to go back and redo some studies that were done just in males. Yeah, I think that's definitely important. And a lot of people are focused on trying to study both sexes because there are differences. The next one here, they have a comment first, superb talk. And then they ask, is there a relation between dyslipidemia and structural changes in the arteries on one hand and AD on the other hand? 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, thank you, first of all, for the the compliment. Yeah. So, I mean, the roles of dis or the effects of dyslipidemia are so wide. I mean, there's so many different things that dyslipidemia is going to do. Obviously, dyslipidemia is associated with atherosclerosis development. It's associated with increases in oxidative stress, which would also lead to increases in stiffness. And then, you know, dyslipidemia is particularly in the brain, uh, could have effects so that we know, yeah, I mean, there could be effects <laughs> on so many different levels. I mean, I, you know, it could be on the arteries, it could be directly on the neurons. There's just a lot of things. You know, one of the interesting topics right now is the effect of APOE genotype, which could also be altering, lip, you know, lipidemia as well. And that's been shown to like, APOE genotype has been shown to be one of the strongest genetic risk factors for late onset Alzheimer's disease. Great. Is there perfusion pressure differences between your groups in the hypercapnic ASL group data? Yeah, we actually haven't measured the perfusion pressure so that we just know what the cerebral perfusion is, but we have not calculated or measured pressure in those. So obviously the drawback to all these studies is that it, in our models in a live mouse, we can't directly measure the pressure within the cerebral vasculature. We can measure it in the carotid arteries or we can measure it by tail cuff, but we don't know what it actually, the, the pressure within the cerebral arteries is. So we're missing that piece of the puzzle in these models. Yeah, maybe something for future, future studies. Next question, what comes first, stiffness or alpha-beta mm -hmm. accumulation? That's like the big question. I, I don't have the answer, right? Like, I think that if we knew the answer, our Alzheimer's disease research field would be so much better off, right? Like, nobody knows what is the first thing. I mean, so we know what we can measure, you know, so that we know that changes in biomarkers and vasculature occur before you can measure the amyloid beta deposition. And the increases in stiffness are happening around the age of 50 or so, whereas usually you're getting amyloid beta deposition later in life. You're not developing Alzheimer's disease until 70 or 80. So it suggests that those are becoming before. But the problem is, is that our abilities to measure amyloid beta in the brain, like there might be a sensitivity issue. There could be amyloid beta earlier than what we're picking it up. So there may be suggestions that arterial stiffness comes first, but they both could be happening at the same time. And it could be, is the larger stiffness triggering the amyloid beta, or is it just making that amyloid beta that's present have a worse outcome? That remains to be known. Yeah, lots of questions from that <laughs> to be answered. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to one last question here. Why are certain organs, brain, kidney, heart, more susceptible to aortic stiffness? Yeah, yeah, great question. So the thought is, is that the brain and the kidney are more susceptible because they're high blood flow organs. And so that, you know, they're constantly receiving large amounts of blood flow. And so therefore, they're really um, susceptible to these changes in pressure. Whereas, you know, you have perhaps more regulation and myogenic more myogenic responses, lower blood flow to other organs, such as we showed skeletal muscle circulation wasn't as affected. The heart is actually mostly affected because it's an increase in afterload on the heart when you have this increase in pulse pressure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers, just like you, answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.